Welcome to It's Funny, That Makes It Okay, a podcast where we talk about what we find funny, strange, off the wall, possibly even a rant from time to time. I'm Doug Meeks, my co-host is Greg Daniel, and here we go. Welcome to episode number three of our podcast. Uh, once again, we usually start things off with a little conversation starter, something to get things rolling. Uh, so I got a little scenario for us here. Uh, we're going to use your imagination. You're walking through the forest and you accidentally crush a tiny house that is the home of a magical sprite. And he comes out and he puts a curse on you for curse, for crushing his home and destroying his domicile. Buddy's going to let you choose what your curse is. You're going to have one of two options now. Either you will have to say whatever comes to your mind for the rest of your life. So anything that comes to your mind, you have to physically say it out loud. Whatever it is. Okay. Or you will <laughs> never be able to speak again. Ever. No singing. No nothing. Done. From this moment on, you cannot speak ever. Or you have to constantly say whatever pops into your mind. Talking to somebody. Doesn't matter. Anything that comes to your mind, you're just going to have to spout it out. Hmm. Well, this one actually seems pretty easy to me, I think. Um, I think I'd have to go with the whatever comes to my mind. Because I can't imagine going without <clears throat> the rest of the life by choice, uh, not speaking. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, what's your thoughts? Well, now, see, to me, this seems like <laughs> I, I'm leading more the other way. Kind of the old adage, I'd rather say nothing and be thought a fool than to open my mouth and dispel all belief. And you got to remember, whatever pops into your mind is going to come up. This could cause a lot of grief, a lot of problems, especially if you're married. You have no idea what is going to pop into your head that you are going to say. And I get in trouble when I take time and think and cautiously pick my words, let alone just all of a sudden spouting out. And there are a lot of other ways to communicate anymore. I can text. I can write. I can message. I don't have to speak. Now, I would miss it. I like talking. I'll say, yeah. Obviously, we're life. doing a podcast. And I jabber all the time. I'm constantly running my mouth off and, and talking about something. But if I had to be confronted with one of these two, I don't know. I, I'm really pushing hard to think I am not going to say anything only because I think my life will be better if I don't speak rather than if I just spout off with whatever pops into my head. Because I have done that and it has gotten me into a lot of a trouble. Yeah, that's probably true. But uh, I mean, that's a tough one. Um I just don't like the thought of never saying anything again. And I know there are people that are like that, but yeah. Um, again, if I wasn't married, probably a no-brainer. <laughs> I would take the, I'll say whatever pops into my head. But since I am married, I would like to uh, make that as pleasurable as I possibly can. So probably no speaking is going to help that. Well, my wife would probably like that because she says I don't talk now, so... Um, it might be a turnaround for her if I said everything that popped in my mind. <laughs> that, that's very true. Very true. So anyway, for me, I, I would tell it, you know what, fine, starting from now, I'm not going to speak again. I can communicate other ways. It would be difficult, but I think that would be a better alternative for me than to just running off with whatever comes into my head. Yeah. I can, uh, I'm going back and forth on this because I can imagine like sitting at church <laughs> and my mind goes and uh, you got to sit there and talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or there could, you know, you know you're at a funeral <laughs> to, to be delicate or there could be more, more. 
intimate situations with all of a sudden you're just spouting off stuff. You know, you could kill moods very easily that way or bring up a mood that you don't want. Yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah. yeah, you're at a funeral, you're at a church and you just, you're thinking of something all of a sudden you spout off something it can be very uncomfortable for you. Okay. Um, you convinced me. I changed my mind. <laughs> You could have went the other way. It would have been more entertaining, probably. Yeah, it probably would be. Especially since I'm not really uh, known for being a lot of uh, talking a lot. Um, it'd probably be interesting. But yeah, I, I start thinking about all these places where I normally wouldn't say anything because you should be quiet and uh, you'd have to talk. You, you're, you'd be talking all the time. All the time. Like lying in bed, <laughs> wake up at 2 a.m., your, your brain's running, you'd lay there and chatter. So. Yeah, I'm. I'll switch. I'm going to the uh, no yeah. talking. <laughs> All right. Well, let's switch over. We're going to do a little little segment here. Current events or some news stories that we've found that uh, are kind of entertaining. Uh, the first one I kind of found uh, I was going to bring up is that uh, uh, there there was a situation in Japan where over twelve thousand people on a train were uh, stranded. They were delayed, and um, they started doing some research trying to find out. They thought that there was just a bug in the circuit board when there ended up actually being a slug had crawled into the circuit board and fried it and they stranded 12,000 people for several hours. <laughs> so to me, I find that very, I don't know, kind of interesting where you've got one of the slowest insects or animals out there. I guess it's slugs, not really an animal, but uh, I got one of the slowest bugs that are out there and it takes down uh, several trains. <laughs> um, just, I don't know, found that, found that a little humorous. Yeah, when you first told me about that, I, I had this picture in my head. I didn't catch the part about it going into, like, the circuit board. I thought it was on the tracks. <laughs> it slimed it. <laughs> so so I had this vision in my head of this slug sitting on the tracks and the uh, train not being able to go. Yeah, maybe he was very vindictive. Maybe he was sick of people making fun of him, saying, you know, slow as a, slow as a snail or a snail's pace. And he decided he's going to take one for the team and uh, go out in a blaze of glory. Um, but uh, he, he would have had to have thought that all out, though. I don't think he can just do anything like that on spur of a moment. It's going to take a take a while to get to where you're going to actually execute your plan if oh, you're yeah. a snail. Yeah, if his brain runs like they like they uh, move, it probably took him years in planning. <laughs> all right, uh, I got another story here where um, there was a gentleman driving a van, and he uh, had a little accident. He accidentally ran into a, to a car and, and he took off. The problem was he ran into a police car in front of the police station. Uh, his second problem was that his van had over 600 pounds of methamphetamine in it. And it says that the 28-year-old man uh, was uh, later found, he was caught an hour later by the police and uh, was arrested for, sorry, my phone just uh, refreshed. The 28-year man slammed the drug-filled van into the empty police patrol car, and he was caught an hour later uh, that they uh, found that the drugs were neatly packed in cardboard boxes and taped up, loaded into the back of the van. And so he was charged with drug supply and negligent driving. Now, my question is, they caught him an hour later. Don't you get rid of the drugs in the van? What are you still driving around with drugs in the van when you slammed into a police car? The first thing I'm going to do is get rid of those drugs. I don't want to get busted with them. Number one, I don't want to go to prison. Two, you lose that much drugs, there are probably some very powerful people who are very upset with you. Your life is not going to be very good or very long, probably. Uh, even if you end up in prison, you're probably going to get whacked. 
Well, maybe a couple different ways, but one way is really bad that you're going to get whacked. For some reason, when you started just now, when you were talking about this, it made me think of an ice cream van. So I thought, has this guy got like a drug ice cream van? Is he like driving around <laughs> music playing and, and uh, he's dispensing drugs out to the, uh, the, the users? Is that? Uh... <laughs> it could be in some of the towns around, uh, around our neighborhood, <laughs> around our area here. They stop and they come running out and get, getting their meth fix for the day. Yeah, it's playing like Helter Skelter by the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of Grateful Dead stuff. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a case for, for stupid criminal. All right, this this next story, got another uh, article here off the Newswires. I'm going to give everybody a little bit of a warning. It does deal with some adult content. So if if you would like to uh, fast forward for about 60 seconds, if you don't care to hear this, uh, nothing vulgar, but it does deal with some adult content. So I'm going to count back from five, and then we're going to go with the story. Five, four, three, two, one. So in France... They said a French woman films a man performing sex act on a train. Just the, the headline. I was like, how does a man perform a sex act on a train? The way it's written, it's, it just sounds very odd. <laughs> uh, it did get me to click on it because I'm like, all right, what did, is going on with this? Did the train enjoy it? I, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody said maybe he started it with the caboose. Some people, are, they do that. I don't know. I don't. It doesn't sound like uh, anybody really enjoyed what this guy was doing, but... Uh, <laughs> Apparently, this woman was on the train, and uh, this man started to, uh, let's just say, pleasure himself. <laughs> and uh, the quote here that she put on there, he did this for an hour and 15 minutes and then followed me toward the bathroom. I'm going to file a complaint, a complaint because this man is going to do this again for sure. Now, my first thought is, he did this for an hour and 15 minutes? That seems like an incredibly long amount of time. I mean, you're going to have some serious chafing or maybe start a fire. I don't know what is going on, but an hour and 15 minutes just seems like a long time. Yeah, and it makes me, uh, I wonder a little bit about the woman, too, recording it for an hour and 15 minutes. Um, Maybe she has issues, too. Oh, yeah, she was saying she was doing it to make sure to post. And she did post this online to try to get this guy's picture out there to uh, let other people know that he was doing this. But here's the thing in Europe. It said that she actually faces a stiffer penalty because she posted this and it breaks French privacy law. So there, you got that going for you. Mm-hmm. This guy can do whatever he wants on the train, but she's, she could uh, face jail time and a large fine. Or should it maybe a stiff fine? I, that, <laughs> wah, wah. I know. I know. <laughs> we, need, we need sound effects, don't we? Yeah, that actually remind, it does remind me of another story I heard online this week uh, about the uh, the gal over I, I don't know where it was now we can I can find out uh, where it happened but uh, this girl was jogging did you see this story I did not this girl was jogging and this guy jogging past her from the other direction was exposing himself and so turns out she is a six foot one ex-israeli military person and I she, love these stories she chased him down tackled him um, held him down, tried to get people to come over and help, call 911. Nobody helped her. Um, and after, I think she held him down for like five minutes, and he wiggled away and got away. Uh, they actually did have video footage of the guy, though, so that corroborated her story uh, that she did actually tackle him and, uh, and uh, held him down on the ground. But nobody would help. Um, but, yeah, that's what you get. 
You get a six foot one Israeli militant. <laughs> Good for her, man. I wish she would have uh, inflicted a little more damage on him, though. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, the final story that I've got, I'm going to touch on here is uh, they they had the uh, Fortnite World Cup not long ago, and I, I was reading on there there was a thirty million dollar purse for that of prizes that they have for everything. Some sixteen year old kid, uh, Kyle. I'm going to butcher his last name, Kyle Gearsdorf. He won three million dollars playing Fortnite. Three million dollars playing a video game. I thought my dad would have. Kick my rear end if I would have been playing video games. This kid said he plays it for eight hours a day, five days a week. He would have said something like, you're never going to make anything out of yourself if you sit around here and play video games all day. <laughs> and now this kid's making $3 million at it. Kind of makes it difficult, though, to tell your kids, hey, you need to do better in school. Get out there. Get you an education. Quit playing video games. You'll never amount to anything. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, we, we, we are always telling our kids, oh, you're spending too much time in the basement on video games. Um, so I guess it paid off for this kid. Um, Can you imagine back when we were kids if they would have had like the, the Pong tournament? Yeah, the Pong <laughs> World Cup. With, with with the World Cup prize of $1.50. Pinball. Pac-Man. <laughs> All right. We got the Pac-Man World Cup coming. To the you. Atari gunfighter oh. game. Yeah. Eh, eh. <laughs> this friend of ours, he's, he was talking about video games. And it's, it's kind of related to that, but... You know, the phenomenon they have now is like people will actually go on like YouTube and watch people play video games for like hours on end. And it's like, I, I don't get that. I don't either. It's funny you should say that because in this article that I was reading about this, they said they had over 2 million people watch the tournament. You're just watching. You're not even playing video games. You're watching somebody play. Do they video have games. announcers like golf announcers? Or something? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they do. <laughs> oh, look at him move the joystick. <laughs> Can you imagine when I was a kid? If I went over to somebody's house and they're like, "What are you? Oh, you're going to watch me play a game?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm leaving. I'm not going to sit here. I'm going to go over and watch Greg play a game." Is it my turn? No, you're not ever going to get a turn. You just get to watch me the whole time. I'm going to make funny comments while I do it, though. That's funny. <laughs> You know, we're coming up to the end of summer, wrapping things up here, and uh, Boo. I know it, it was, as a kid, that was always the kind of bittersweet. I hated it, and usually for me, after the 4th of July, I'd start thinking, oh no, school's starting, school starts, because I, I hated going to school. I liked some of the stuff with school, but most of the stuff, I'm not a huge fan, and it shows in my adult life, <laughs> but I'm constantly paying for past Doug's mistakes. Um but anyway, uh, I, I did enjoy the first couple weeks of school. I like going back, seeing my friends, getting kind of, even getting your classes, meeting your teachers. And for me, we lived out in the country, so it was just me and my brother. So we both needed a break from each other. So it was good to go back and start seeing some regular other people and getting out and getting to do some stuff. Yeah, was there a, uh, was there a, was there a particular point in the summer where you started either anticipating it or dreading it uh was there was there a particular cutoff where you when when do you think that happened like as school started to approach because i've got one well for us there was a couple things like when we when we would be going shopping with mom or whatever you start seeing they would have the list up yeah. on the board and then you'd have to go in and have your school name and paper and you'd pull it out oh what do i need this year oh no i got to do this or that so there was that and then also Whenever you start hearing the cicadas outside, and we'll see if we can maybe find a, a drop and put that sound in that. Yeah. 
Yes, that sound. You'd start hearing that late July, early August, and, and that would just be the signal like, uh-oh, it is all coming to an end. Here we go. Yep. Mine was in grade school, it was when we would go up to the school and they would have the teacher's names posted on the window and you would find out who your teacher's going to be that year. And in junior high and even high school, we would go up to the school and get our schedules. And once I got registered and got my schedule, it's like it's all on now. It's school time. Yeah, we had a little bit of that, you know, getting school supplies, which I always loved, actually, uh, especially grade school. I think I anticipated grade school probably more than any of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. The, the grade school was by far the most fun I had. And we went to a little bit of country school, so there was no the, – everybody knew the teachers – kindergarten through eighth grade there was like 80 kids in the whole school so it wasn't a big secret you knew what classes they were you knew who your teacher was so we weren't really going to uh be be a lot of surprises there but the first two weeks were always the the best part like i said getting back into it getting to the swing of things seeing where everybody had went on vacation for us it was always kansas <laughs> nothing <laughs> exotic <laughs> yeah but a lot of the kids had come back and they'd have shirts on or Ron John shirts from Florida, or they Big Sur out in California, and I went to Kansas. Yep, yep. We had the same feeling because we always, uh, once we moved here, we always went back to Alabama in the summertime. So, um, yeah, that would be the same thing. Come back and, oh, yeah, went to Alabama, which yeah. for some some people probably thought that was cool. We were in a southern state, and, you know, so. Yeah, we had fun in Kansas. It just wasn't very exotic. Right, right. And of course, you'd always start out school in uh, the, the heat schedule. Um, although I don't remember too much of a heat schedule. They just opened no, the windows. They put fans in the doorways and it would blow. And that would make it even harder to stay away because I'm already hot. And you get that fan blowing. And uh, I, yeah, kids nowadays, they, they have a heat schedule and they have air conditioning. I don't know why they need to be on heat schedule if they have air conditioning. Yeah, I don't I don't get that either. Uh, we never we never had air. Um were you ever a, a bus rider? Yeah, we always rode the bus. Cause so that was always kind of fun, that first time back on the bus. Yeah. Uh, I only rode the bus from, let's see, I guess I rode it fifth grade through about, uh, actually till I started driving in high school. Well, cars were just invented and for you when you were in fifth grade, <laughs> weren't they? It was uh, horse, and, horse and buggy before Yeah, that. it was horse and buggy prior to that. Actually, I walked. Uh, Uphill, probably, both yeah, ways. Both hill, yeah. And... Uh, and in the snow, and then, the <laughs> and then I think once once I got to school, first thing off the bat is you start thinking of holidays, because uh, you know your first one's Halloween. Oh yeah. Uh, even though for us here in Morton, Illinois, we the pumpkin festival uh, the second week of September is a big thing too, and nowadays that's even actually on school grounds uh, where one of the grade schools I went to, uh, but back then I think it was over in a lot on another part of town, but we always anticipated that that uh, city, the fair, each year, and then then Halloween right after that. It, we had nothing like that in our town, so it was, it was just <laughs> school, back to school. But uh, the, the favorite thing, of course, in school that I really loved, that I lived for, was recess time. You know, that was the part that, especially in grade school, couldn't wait for the bell to ring, hit the recess. So I thought maybe, maybe we'll hit, uh, we'll, we'll kind of rank the best or favorite recess activities um, that we had in school. Uh, kind of a list, maybe top five, top six. We'll just kind of go through and see. I jotted some things down 
from recess that we did. And uh, I'll, I'll defer. If you've got some, I'll let you go ahead and, and throw one out there first and see see if you've got some of the same things I have. Okay. Well, the first one that came to my mind was uh, softball. Uh, we got to play softball at recess. Uh, that was always kind of fun. Um, uh, I do remember. I do remember a kid getting uh, pegged with a uh, a bat in the chest one time though during a softball game. That wasn't so good, but but for me, softball probably number one. We had a girl, and I can still see it, got hit in the face with a bat right above her eye, and it split her uh, eyelid, uh, like the eyebrow open, and blood was all in her glasses, and she had to go get a few stitches. So that was a that was a little bit of excitement. But I, I did not have softball. Probably my number one thing I like to do at recess was ball tag. Loved ball tag. We played a lot of ball tag, and it had to be the rubber red ball. Oh, the yeah. red rubber ball. Yeah. I don't want the foam balls that they play with now, this soft stuff. I want that red rubber ball. And it had that rubber smell. Yep. And if you close your eyes, you can still hear that boonk, that sound <laughs> of getting smacked in the face or the head with that ball. Oh, yeah. And you could take a kid's legs out with that. Oh, my God. In fact, <laughs> that happened to me, and I busted out two teeth. I jumped came down on top of the ball and face planted into the cement. So that was a good time. <laughs> yep, yep. I always liked, I liked ball tag. Uh, didn't have that down on my list as one that uh, I played. But with that, <coughs> with that same red rubber ball, though, I did play kickball. Kickball. I have kickball on there. Yeah, kickball was awesome. Loved kickball. I know that's close to softball, but... You know, that was different. Kickball different. was different. So, and let's let me ask you this. You have kickball. So what rules do you play with? Can you... Throw the ball and hit the runner? Yes. Okay. We did too, but some, like nowadays, they don't play. You you can't hit the runner. You just have to tag them at the base. It's like, no, if they're off the base, it's kind of like ball tag. They can get pegged with that ball anytime you're not on the base. I'm surprised now they even let you tag them at the base. Well, just let them run around the bases. Uh, <laughs> they still get a trophy for, you know, yeah. kicking the ball. You scored, even though you got pegged. <laughs> Probably the second thing for me is I liked the merry-go-round. Now we wouldn't. The way we would play with it is, you okay. get like one or two people on there, and you get everyone else stand around in a circle, and and everybody grabs the bars and they just start running with it or, or pushing it, and you get that thing going as fast as you can until one kid goes slinging off, which was always safe because you oh, go yeah. slinging off into the crowd of people there, and then you're banging your head on the back of the the rusty metal merry-go-round. Yeah, we <laughs> going to get in a tetanus shot after that probably. Yep, we had some dangerous ones. I we uh, I never liked the merry-go-round all that much because I not, wasn't huge on spinny things. But we had one in Alabama too that was it kind of looked like what what you would consider a maypole, except it had these chains that hang down and then with like this ladder type bar on the end of the chain, and everybody would grab one and you would start running and everybody start running and for long everybody's airborne holding on to these <laughs> ladder things, and you're spinning around. And you know, first kid flies off. Now you got this metal ladder bar flying around, <laughs> hitting kids. <laughs> and, and of course, back then, you know, they didn't have the, the shredded up tires. You had pea gravel. Oh. So that when you fell, it embedded rocks and gravel into your, your uh, bare legs because it was summertime and you're wearing shorts. <laughs> you're a bloody, bruised up mess, sweaty and crying. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Oh, it was a blast. Oh, so you had... So your last one was merry-go-round. Yep. I think I'm going to go with... My third one's a weird one. I think my third one would be when it rained, staying inside and playing games. Like, we had 
we had these different, you know, card games and uh, game of the states and different like board games and stuff that we would play. Mm -hmm. So I actually never minded a rainy recess getting to stay inside. Um, so I'm going to put that one at number three. Yeah, rainy recesses weren't bad. We had when it would rain uh, where I went to school, they'd let us get the record player out and we could listen to records. And I remember they had one. They had an Alfred Hitchcock record that Was would that tell a scary story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, not quite, but yeah, it was a LP, 33. But it was uh, Alfred Hitchcock, and it would tell scary stories and stuff. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock stories. And, That'd be uh, fun. And they had, uh, of course, you know, they had um, Sleep, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. And oh, yeah. Different, you know, stupid, goofy one-hit wonders. It's a bitsy, teeny-weeny, yellow polka dot bikini, things like that. So you could listen to those. Um, but, yeah. Yep. Uh, for, for me, I got the, another one that we would do a lot in school, and the teeter totter. Or where, now, see, were you teeter totter or seesaw? We were always teeter totter. That's what we called them. Now, seesaw, so, I think yeah, we see, called them. Yeah. But the way we what we would do is that you would take, and we would always Which reminds put, me of another current event. Yes. <laughs> well, we would put one kid on the teeter totter, and he would stand on the end, and then you'd get a bunch of people on the other end, and everybody pushed down, and we would launch each other. On, Fifteen feet into the air. There's nothing, just grass. And we would do that. The teachers would just stand there and like, okay, you know, that's fine. As long as nobody's hurt too bad, we're fine. But, yeah, we would launch kids way up in the air, see how far up you could go and land and still be fine. And the opposite of that was is they would you'd get on there and four other kids would get on the other end, and they would lift you up, and then they would all jump yeah, off. Yeah, they roll off And the you'd bat. come crashing Slam. down. Uh, that's a great feeling. Yes, yeah, so your, your, your tailbone hurt. You couldn't walk. It was wonderful. <laughs> oh, well, my next one. Actually, I'm going to lump a few together for my next one because me and a friend, we used to make up or some of these were already made up, but we used to do different things on the playground uh, like paper airplanes. We would build a fleet of paper airplanes and we would race them. And then we would put marks on the side, which plane won, which one went the furthest, which one's the fastest. Uh, so that was one that we would do. Um we also, like for indoor rainy day, we made this huge city on paper, and my friend actually even framed it, and we put magnets on top and then had magnets taped to pencils underneath, and you drive these magnets around this city. <laughs> and then the other thing, and we actually got in trouble for this one, was burning things on the playground with magnifying glasses. <laughs> So me and Rick brought our magnifying glasses to school, and we're sitting out there, and we're burning flies, paper, anything we find. And the the monitor, the the playground monitor, came up and caught us one day, and uh, took away our magnifying glasses. Were you friends with a serial killer? Nowadays, you'd be put in some kind of uh, psychiatric class where they're gonna. Uh, counsel you and stuff. You wouldn't be able to do any of that stuff nowadays. Well, this is the same friend that we made little. Uh, clay figures and put toothpicks in them and shot them with BB guns. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And uh, another yeah. piece of the puzzle falls in. I, my goodness. Uh, a little scared to be alone with you yeah, now. Yeah, we won't, we won't go a lot further into that one. But it was fun. So that makes it okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I've been funny, but it was fun. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw like... We had kind of an honorable mention. I had the monkey bars, you know, we kind of climb around that. It was always forts, but it's it's funny now because you, you won't hardly see monkey bars anymore. But and they'd be fairly tall. Again, pea gravel all underneath of there, and you climb up through it. And there was always 
once a year, some kid would fall like through the middle of it, banging his head all the way down. Um, but another another game with the red rubber ball, though, you had four square. So you played four oh, yeah. square, loved four square. But you also, you always had the one kid that would get the rubber ball, and he would take it out, and he would just hit the ball into the wall by himself. <laughs> he was never playing with anybody. He'd be up in the front, and like he'd be spiking it and getting all excited. It's like, what is he? What is that kid doing? He was practicing for his big game. He never played with anyone. Maybe we didn't ask him. I don't know. But it was there was always that one kid. He would be up by himself at the school, just crushing the ball into the wall. And you'd always have the kids who would make up rules mid-game. So, like, you hit it, and somebody would grab it, hold these, and yep. they, then they could smash it down. And it's like, hold it, you can't make up rules once the game started. Uh, so, yeah, four square, man, you could get some wicked spin on that. Those kids that are not politicians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've got one of one of my least favorite games, which in concept seemed like it would be a lot of fun. And any time I've ever played it, it would last about one hit with tetherball. We would go out, there'd be a tetherball. Oh, this, yeah. You'd smack it one time, it'd go around. <clears throat> and if you go to hit and you miss the ball and you catch that rope or chain around your arm, <laughs> or if you get some kid that is just like a mosher and he crushes it and you miss and the ball smacks you in the head, it, not fun. Not I never enjoyed that game. I don't think I ever played it to where we actually won. We'd just hit it and it would just fly around like, okay, let's go find something else. Yeah, I never, I, I never really got into that one. It, I played it a few times. It was okay, but yeah, you'd get the yeah the kid that can could hit the ball every time and spin it all the way around the pole. It made it a lot of fun for us. We'd stand there and just watch him play. You know, just smack it all the way around. We're done. So yeah, tetherball wouldn't be one of my favorites either. My kids liked it. Yeah, it's interesting though. You were saying about the playgrounds nowadays. Um, one thing I have noticed is they seem to almost be going back the other way like they were when we were kids. I, at the park down the street here, um, they put in a whole new playground, and one of the things they've got there is a single chair, and you sit in it, and you spin people around in it. <laughs> and I'm glad like, to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah, and they got a lot of <laughs> spinny things that, uh, you know, I'll see an adult in there, and they, they half the time look like they're about ready to lose it. Um, but yeah, I, I've been, and I've noticed that uh, Jefferson School they put a whole new playground in too. And uh, um, I noticed, I think I saw monkey bars there. Ooh. And uh, yeah, so it seems like yeah, that, that is something. I figured they outlaw monkey bars for sure. That's right. Time to start endangering <laughs> those lives again. I, so. I think we were all better for it back then. To be honest yeah. with you, take your cuts and bruises. That's right. Yep. <laughs> okay, right. well, we're not just about fun here. I think we should also be about a little education. So I, I got a little PSA. We're going we're gonna to touch on a few things here. These are some things, not really a rant, some things that I guess kind of have bothered me. So I'm trying to help people out. Um, let's talk bathrooms, specifically urinal etiquette. <laughs> this is something that I have ran into um, over the years. Uh, with my job, I, I have to use a lot of different restrooms because so I'm on the road a lot. But the, the first thing is that a lot of bathrooms you go in and you'll have a wall of urinals. Let's say you've got five of them. Bathroom etiquette, the urinal etiquette requires a minimum of one urinal space, free space between me and whoever is next. We don't need to be rubbing elbows while we're standing there taking care of business. It, it, it should not be. You should at least go every other urinal. I agree. Um, so if you, if you walk in and there's urinals one, three, and five, or one through five, you, your options, if they're all open, is either one, three, or five. And to be honest, it's either one or five. 
You should not go to three if you're in there by yourself. No, you shouldn't pick right in the middle. No. And you don't go two or four either if you're by yourself because now you've you've cut down on the urinals. Because if you're at two, well, I can't use one or three now. So i got to go four or five. Now, what do you do if one, three, and five are taken? I hold it. I, I go in the stall. I've done that as well. I'm not going to go up there and, and get real close to somebody. That's not going to happen. Now, I will. There, there is a little caveat to this. I will say some urinals, uh, and it's a little more prevalent now, is they do put up the divider walls, the little half walls. That's I'll, helpful. I'll give, That's that, helpful. I'll give that a little bit. Um, uh, I'll take that in consideration. But if I walk in there and they're full, but they've got the divider walls, that, that does help. But here's my problem with that. Depending on who puts them in, I went to a place, and there was like an inch and a half between the urinal and the divider wall. And you got to, like, wedge yourself into the stupid stall to use the bathroom. <laughs> it's like you got to take your pants undone and walk into the urinal because I can't move my arms around once I'm in there. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And if you're a big guy, I don't even know how you would get in there. You're either going to have to stand five feet from it and try to lob it in there, or maybe go in from an angle and, and a bank shot off of the divider wall into the urinal. It's yeah. I find they, it doesn't bank real well. Well, probably not. You're going to get some splatter. But I'm just saying that's that is uh, they they need to have some kind of standard on that, or some guy that weighs more than you know a buck twenty putting those up there. Yeah, splatter is another whole issue. I mean, it's like if you're in the stall sitting on the toilet. Or you're standing at the urinal and they've got the automatic toilet flushers. And it seems like inevitably they go off while you're either standing there or sitting there and you get overspray. Yeah, you got them. They're super sensitive. So once you sit down, you can't move. Don't breathe. Don't do anything. (laughs) Which is better than the overspray coming from next to you, though. Well, this is very true. (laughs) Brought this up the other day where we're talking and... uh, for some of the old school, or you go to stadiums, they've got the big trough urinal, which is the absolute worst idea I've ever seen. Let's just put a big trough. Everybody walk up to it and just pee into it. Yeah. That is, if you want to talk about dehumanizing, it's awful. It's, it's a terrible situation. And like you all. said, it's usually at events where you've allowed people to drink a lot. <laughs> yeah. So you want to mix alcohol and happen to aim at a giant trough with a bunch of people just all standing there next to each other. That makes for a real good time. Yeah. If you've, if you've got stage fright, uh, those are not <laughs> ones to go to. No. Uh, or if you're a germaphobe like me, it's, I struggle greatly going to those things. Yeah. I, I, I went to a concert with my friend one time and... Uh, he was about dying when we got home because he wouldn't go at the concert venue because uh, he said he, he couldn't go. I think he struggled with stage fright just to go in a public restroom, but uh, but especially in one like that. It's good to the point where I'd almost go with some Depends at some places. I'm just going to wear them. <laughs> We're good to go. I'll change them out when I get home. <laughs> I spilled my drink on the <laughs> That's right. Well, they're absorbent. Yeah. I mean, and bathroom designers, too. It's like, I, I was thinking about that today because we kind of talked about bathrooms a little bit. Um, I was at the Burger King here in town, and why would they design bathrooms with like, so you walk into the men's room, and there's it's wide open, and there's one stool and one urinal kind of straight across from each other. Now you can lock the door, so you can, but... It's it's no use of more than one person because you're no, not, not going to you're not going to stand you. there with the guy behind you <laughs> sitting on the on the stool. No, not happening. It's a it's a one holer even if there's two options. That's not happening. So yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of bathrooms. I mean, I know you've had bathroom encounters at work too, uh, like the popcorn machine. Yeah, go into a, a bank. They have a 
a popcorn machine that they store in the men's room. I'm standing at the urinal and I could have touched it and the boxes of popcorn. It's like, oh, that's disgusting. Would you care for some free popcorn? I don't think so. I'm not <laughs> sure that the yellow stuff on that is butter. I don't know what it is, but it makes me want to vomit. <laughs> Again, the germaphobe, it's, it's, you, you see all kinds of weird, odd things. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, let's move on and we're going to wrap up the, today's show with uh, we're going to talk about the holidays uh, yeah, to observe this upcoming week. What do we have to celebrate this week to make the week fun and special? All for right. Everybody? Yeah. What do we got on Monday? Monday, August 19th. It's World Photo Day, or it's also known as just Photo Day. You know, they want to encourage people to pick up the camera, share pictures, because, you know, nowadays people hardly ever take pictures or share pictures of anything that they do. No. Except their entire life now is on social media and pictures. So, you know, I would almost encourage a day of non-photo day. Yeah, I have a feeling that day probably was observed uh, prior to uh, cell phones. I I think, yeah, or at least at the very beginning where it wasn't as prevalent. Yep. Well, on Tuesday, we got chocolate pecan or pecan pie day. Not just regular pecan pie. They're going to ruin it by putting chocolate in it. Um, Now, some people would say they made it better. No. I don't know if you would say that they ruined uh, it. I, pecan's one of my favorites, and to throw chocolate in it, nope, don't think so. So so go grab a piece of chocolate pecan pie on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, August 21st, we have Spumoni Day. Spumoni. Spumoni. It was uh, an Italian-created ice cream dessert, and it's made with uh, layers of ice cream, and it's mixed with candied fruit, whipped cream, and nuts. So basically, it's the fruit cake of ice cream world that sounds again i'm not a huge ice cream fan i like ice cream but this sounds like the worst ice cream flavor ever that's just my opinion yeah i've had it it's 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 okay it's not one of my favorite um kind of like a neapolitan or something like that it's got a lot of weird like dried fruit and nuts and stuff (laughs) all righty well on thursday we've got be an angel day Okay, and uh, like a, a real angel, or are they just being well, nice? Yeah, I know. I don't. I, hopefully, it doesn't mean uh, go be an actual angel because uh, that could be bad. Uh, no, it was founded in 1993, and it's designed where you're supposed to go help those in need. So, um, well, now I feel bad for making a joke. Yep. So be a Samaritan this week. Go out, be an angel to someone. Help somebody. You don't have to wear the halo. That's optional. Friday, August 23rd, is Ride Like the Wind Day. Ooh. So they said this is one of two things, either celebrating flight and, uh, you know, different humans flying. We got the Wright Brothers or the, the first woman that broke the supersonic barrier was like in 1958. So there's different What's things. What's her name? I don't know her name. Uh, I do, uh, but I, I did can't not, think of it. I did not uh, write that down. But also, they said ride like the wind is uh, also means doing things without a purpose. So I guess just ride like the wind. You can just do whatever you want. Doesn't matter. You don't need a purpose. Just go out and do something wild and crazy and fun. I think that would be lay on a hammock and listen to the Christopher Cross ride like the wind song all day. They reference <laughs> Christopher Cross in this day. So yeah, ride like the wind. All righty. Well, when you're done riding like the wind on Saturday, you get to observe Pluto being demoted. Poor Pluto. That sounds like a terrible holiday. <laughs> yeah. In 2006, it went being from being recognized as a full planet to a dwarf. Kind of mean. Yeah, very mean. So, so Saturday, remember Pluto. And on Sunday, August 25th, it's Kiss and Makeup Day. 
Now, I'm assuming this is, it says let go of resentment and anger. So I guess maybe on Saturday, we know what your Saturday night's going to entail, a big fight, because on <laughs> Sunday, you get a kiss and make up. Or kiss and put on makeup. I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming the, the space is very important here. You want to be kiss and make up, not makeup. <laughs> and look like kiss. What? That is one way to go. <laughs> we could uh, rock all night and party every day. <laughs> so, yeah, on Sunday you can dress like kiss and put on makeup. I like that even better. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's all we got today. Hope everyone's enjoyed the show and uh, hope everybody has a really great week. Well, that's the show. Thanks again for listening to It's Funny That Makes It Okay. Be sure to join us next week for a break from the mundane. And remember, if you do something, even if it's bad, as long as it's funny, that makes it okay.